0: Welcome to First Miles Climate Heroes. I'm your host, Bruce Bratley, founder of recycling company First Mile. On this show, we meet and learn from the climate heroes who are building solutions right now to tackle climate change. More and more businesses are looking for solutions to help them achieve a net zero carbon status. This has led to a surge in tools for measuring, carbon footprint along with new low carbon products and services. But even the greenest of companies are left with emissions that can't be avoided today and a growing number are offsetting their impact with voluntary carbon credits. Today's guest on First Miles Climate Heroes is helping its customers reduce their carbon impact and buy credits to offset the balance of their emissions that can't be reduced today. Elliot Code is co-founder and CEO of Ecology And I'm delighted to welcome him to the show. Elliot, welcome to First Mile's Climate Heroes.
1: Bruce, thank you very much for inviting me to it. So,
0: Elliot, net zero is an emergency response to the climate emergency. And one of the tools that we're using, well, first of all, we need to measure our impact as an organization, as an individual or a a business, try and reduce that uh, impact as much as possible. But getting to zero or net zero is quite often just not achievable today and that's sort of where carbon credits come in is sort of my understanding of it so from an environmental perspective what is it that they're addressing because it's for some people it might be sort of quite a nebulous concept that you can buy something uh, a carbon credit on the ecology website and then it results in a project to reduce emissions perhaps on the other side of the world
1: that is exactly it. So it's a it's a big subject and it comes with a lot of history and we'll we'll probably tap into some of that history down the road but what's the current role of carbon credits? Well, as you as you say you know, if you're a business, your climate strategy looks starts with looking at your own carbon footprint, making reductions. And the kind of the, the boilerplate climate strategy is to make those reductions as far as you can, and then offset the residual emissions um, by funding some pro- project potentially around the world, the other side of it, like renewables or tree planting, for example. What we've seen is that it could take a company decades to do everything they possibly can to reduce their carbon emissions. And, you know, we've, we've all faced it where when you look at your own carbon emissions and go, okay, there's some, there's some real nice quick wins and some harder stuff to do. And there's some things where you just, I'm just not even sure how I'd begin to understand how I could remove those uh, emissions from my carbon footprint. And what, if we only look down that avenue, then we're missing out, over the potential decades that it takes us to get there, the the opportunity of funding the available quality climate solutions that are out in the world right now. So there's about 80, maybe 90 kind of classically registered climate solutions that are ready to go, that are ready to be funded. And if they did get funded, they could add decades and decades to our carbon budget, but money isn't flowing into them. And we could do with the extra carbon budget. And so this is our this is our, for ecology, our initial space where we wanted to exist. You know, allow businesses, especially, and individuals, to start funneling money into those high-quality climate solutions while they're making reductions. Because we don't have this kind of, you know, either-or kind of ability to solve climate. We have to you know, throw everything into the mix. And with those solutions that are ready to go, we want to see them supported as fast as possible. As you say, you know, it has to be that balance. You have to be looking at your footprint. And also what we've seen, we you know, we've got 19,000 businesses who are working with us now. Quite a lot of businesses aren't thinking about their carbon footprint yet. You know, they're quite early on the journey. They might just want to plant a tree or they might just want to, they've heard of direct air capture, uh, carbon capture, and they just want to do a little bit of that. And that's often a bit of a gateway, an entryway and go, oh, I I did that. And then more often than not, those little small actions, we can nudge them into the next action and next action, and then eventually ladder up into, as you say, a full blown net zero strategy.
0: And what are the examples of some of these projects that are sort of underfunded, the 90 projects that need uh, funding now that we could use carbon credits to fund? Give us some examples.
1: Yeah, so carbon credits works best in certain areas where it's a bit easier to quantify. Some projects are massive solutions, but they're harder to get money into those projects and then quantify their impact. For example, reducing reducing food waste is a huge, huge opportunity, but in terms of the carbon credits, actually showing how many tons of carbon emissions you've avoided or methane, in this case, actually really difficult. So there's a real heartland of carbon credits, and that's in the renewable energy. So helping accelerate Wind and solar being rolled out across the world in countries that desperately need it, you know, to reduce their reliance on coal, especially. It could be reforestation or preventing deforestation. So, if we need to be able to tip the balance from the price of a tree being cut down and replaced by potentially farmland or growing palm oil, we need that the cost of an acre of that rainforest to be better served, left standing. And that's how the carbon credits can help because it can be more valuable than seeking alternatives which are much more disruptive. Um, there's a community projects. For example, we fund loads of community projects that, for example, just picking out one, helps uh, water wells, you know, uh, for example, in East Africa, these water wells are installed by charities often, um, allows communities to get clean access to water. Up until without that, they'd have to boil up dirty water sources, probably from places that are Uh, unsanitary. But that boiling means that you're cutting down local uh, forests, you know, to kind of get all the charcoal. But those wells fall into disrepair. And it seems like a really long way to kind of get back to the original climate problem. But if we support projects that go and repair those those water wells, then there's a whole lot less deforestation in the local area and a lot less indoor air pollution and all sorts of co-benefits, as we say. But is there's, there's myriad ways of you know getting money into supporting incredible projects. And can carbon
0: credits only be issued from sort of the global south developing nations, or could we are we now sort of in a situation where we can quantify and and uh, issue carbon credits from projects that might be happening in? Um, you know, the heart of the UK or Scotland or something. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So it comes with, pre- it which just comes with a, a price premium. The, there's just the opportunity where the the kind of the bang for your buck, as it were, it often allows the global south to essentially have you know receive funding that it just wouldn't otherwise normally and so from a humanitarian and societal point of view you know funneling money into poorer nations is uh, generally really well received as you can imagine you know as you can also understand that companies don't just want you know their money just going to lots of different countries maybe they want money to go into the you know, countries that they're selling you know they're, where their customers are. And so, yeah, we work within, in the UK and, in, you know, up in Scotland, we do a lot of our tree planting too. And so, you know, having Climate Action on your doorstep, it has a premium, but it's also very, very well received. But we don't want to just have it focus in one place. We want it all around the planet, you know, hundreds of countries all all transitioning to a cleaner, greener world. And in a very short time, amazingly,
0: 19,000 businesses you're working with already, and I'm sure thousands of direct consumers as well, what is ecology and how, how how does it how does it all work you've got a beautiful website which is uh,
1: uh totally useless for a podcast so uh, <laughs> tell us all about it okay well it started off with the idea is to you know how can we inspire just those kind of small actions to ladder up into more actions just if you're okay just for a few minutes just going just going back to how it started at the time about four years ago i was in a technology job um creating products But I just didn't have that kind of job satisfaction. You know, I've been keenly aware of the kind of the the level of the crisis that is with climate and and nature. And I was on the way into work, I was just buying yet another coffee, you know, fancy coffee. Um, I do it every day. And, you know, I don't really, I'm in a privileged position to not really kind of see how much money I spend on coffee. It's still an extraordinary amount. But I was thinking, what, I'm putting all this money in coffee but i'm not putting any money at all in voluntarily safeguarding the planet you know for generations to come and something i'm deeply worried about you know what if i put one coffee's worth of money into climate action a week just as if i had a subscription to netflix or, subscri- or spotify but one that was a subscription service that could help reverse climate change and you know as a nerd, I was, you know, researching like, what is the impact? And it's about 150 trees a year planted internationally, as well as supporting over 20 or five other um, projects and all sorts of climate solutions. I thought, wow, imagine if we, if the number of people having a Netflix subscription did had a subscription to this, you know, for set for less money. And the mind boggles. And it's just like, well, that's in, that's billions of trees planted. That's like a third of the world's carbon emissions of avoided or removed. Um, just for pocket change and so it's like why well, we have to we have to be able to show something that's valuable there but the key thing is making the impact tangible if that impact is just in a black hole in the you know 10,000 miles away you know and you got like a pdf certificate that's not enough you have to be nose to nose with what you're doing and so myself and my uh, co-founder/wife uh, not in that order uh, we started our uh, we started ecology together and she was an amazing designer and i had this product producty background and we wanted to create something that was just v- visceral, that was you know inspiring, and you were just like, excited about you know the actions that you took. And you had this kind of public virtual forest, and you can into you can tap on the trees, and if some of your trees and some of our um, partners, you get to see a particular photo of that tree that was planted when it's planted in the ground, and the species, and the you know the what three ro- what three words location of that tree, and you know believing you know seeing is believing, and so that became our our reason for being. And that even though we've kind of moved away from the consumer side you know more into the businesses and smes you know the authenticity of what we're trying to do from a very human response to climate change you know we're here we're hopeful but we're grounded Uh, we're going to show you the impact you know we're we're betting our own lives and our careers on making sure that you can have trust in us that we're going to do the right thing for the planet and you know the more we invest in those values you know the better served we will be and and continue to be
0: First Mile is the UK's leading waste management service. We help over 30,000 businesses reduce their carbon impact with our award-winning range of recycling solutions. Go to our website which is thefirstmile.co.uk to get started today. If you're enjoying this episode, don't forget to subscribe. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday and this concept of uh, this concept of laddering is interesting because it's sort of we we talk about it in a similar way is, you know you can get someone to recycle and then they might turn into a climate hero and in the same way that you're sort of saying you know, buy a, buy a carbon credit see the what three words of where the tree is or where the well is or the community that's been supported as you're laddering up these things what's the sort of the the goal of that because are you building out solutions to say actually you can reduce your requirement for carbon credits because we've got all these other solutions for measuring your impact working towards circular economies or you know sustainable ways of running business is that is that sort of is is the sort of carbon credit part of ecology step one
1: absolutely yeah that's a really good way of framing it you know it's it's a real entry point and our responsibility is through education. So there's a real mixed amount of awareness as to how to actually tackle climate for your business. Some businesses have only heard of carbon offsets. Some businesses have never heard of carbon neutral. And so we're looking for those kind of easy on on ramps, almost like step zero. You know, the kind of the classic look at a climate journey is... Uh, measure your emissions, make reductions, and then offset the residual amount. But you know, lots of businesses aren't there yet. You need that stop, step zero. You know, what's that kind of like that hook? And so, carbon credits is what we you know often get people and businesses interested in. You know, that kind of gratification of funding something fantastic. But our responsibility is to educate to to say we're kind of moving away from the concept of the word offsetting and that you know neutral. You still have that carbon footprint; it's not gone anywhere. But you've done something that you should have done. You should have been helping uh, fund these solutions over here, but now it's our responsibility to show you that kind of climate framework. You know, all looping in all the good stuff that technology and you know the best brands have been doing developing over decades now where gamification and that kind of you know reward and dopamine as they call i think it's a bit bit exaggerated but if we can apply that good stuff into the realm of like a a climate journey framework then we can move them along and sprinkle in little you know little elements here and there
0: can you give us a potted history of carbon credits and um, where they're came from and why we have them and why they've suddenly taken off in the last sort of four or five years.
1: Carbon credits have probably had the rockiest history of, of anything I could probably think of in in terms of you know what it sets out to achieve and what the perceived kind of impact it has been there's some real ups and downs and you know they still it's a real roller coaster and it will still be a roller coaster because there are so many limitations and uh, it's still a, a bit of a nascent area you know we used to have just a handful of different standards um, especially in the vol- voluntary market where companies are essentially you're not told to offset their emissions but they're just voluntarily doing it and so you know there are a few standards like gold standard and verified carbon standard and they've been around for maybe a, a decade or, or so and what's happened over the last few years through the controversies at, at the time it's like oh gosh you've got to take a bit of int- intake of breath um, when you see these controversies happen but you know, off the back of that, you know, more layering up of additional verification and monitoring co- emerges from the, you know, from the ashes essentially. And, um, you know, recently Guardian who, you know, adore for their climate reporting, you know, they reported on carbon credits in the, for preventing deforestation, having an overall negligible effect. This was, this is horrible for us. You know, we know that, nature has to be supported. Na- you have to put money into nature um, to make it valuable. And they've got something out like this coming out. For us, we aren't particularly exposed because we fund the top 1% of any project that's out that we review up to 200 projects a month. We have an internal expert team. We layer in all sorts of amazing recent technology layers that um, you know, satellite monitoring, computer vision, all sorts, as well as kind of other kind of based research companies that allow additional introspection into in- inspection into what those projects are and deliver but still we're at the mercy as the kind of the headlines the trouble is there's no middle ground it's you all or nothing. So the Guardian says, you know, negligible impact for forest-based carbon credits. And then four weeks later, there was a headline from the Guardian saying, we must urgently increase the amount of money going into forests to protect them. And it's just, ah, and trouble is the middle line is really hard to get the airtime over.
0: The idea that there's a sort of, why are they voluntary is the question. Second part of that question is, are there mandatory carbon credits around that exist as well? Do people have to do something in a non-voluntary way?
1: That's exactly it. There's a compliance market where, especially within the EU, um, there's the Europe uh, Emissions Trading Scheme, and then California got kind of cap and trade. It's the idea that high polluting industries they have a certain allowance, and then anything over that, then they have to pay, and they're paying for a carbon offset as a way of mitigating their overall impact, and. It's about the quality of the projects. The problem with the compliance market is that they're not as so long as it ticks a box. They're happy for that to have been the achievement. It's in the voluntary market, that box ticking is is not everything. It's all about how how high quality were those projects that you funded. So the compliance market, there's a lot of funding of carbon credits out there, but they don't. There's no real pressure for the additional layers that we're just talking about.
0: And and what about this debate that? Um carbon credits is a complete um, uh, sort of diversion of focus and money away from what we should really be doing which is reducing the carbon footprint and is that again is that a polarized debate is that is that debate getting traction or you know is it is it something that dying away and people really is not actually that we do need these carbon projects
1: no it's it's a really good debate and that debate should should really war on uh, is an opportunity to educate and to bring awareness where we see so, you know, we already have the climate solutions. They're ready to be funded or, you know, there are ways of making businesses reduce their carbon footprint, but there's a big education gap. And so those debates are really helpful, um, you know, and we'd welcome that, you know, and, and I hope ecology would be at the vanguard of, or at the front, essentially be able to say, yeah, they're really limited. You know, it's part of a bigger climate strategy. We didn't set out as ecology just to fund climate solutions. We set out for ecology to help people and businesses Genuinely tackle the climate and biodiversity problem. And so, about two and a half years ago, it's taken us forever to get there, but we've been working on our own kind of net zero tool. And um, so, this is beyond funding high quality climate solutions, of course. This is measuring a business's carbon emissions. And so, up until recently, it's been very expensive for a business to understand their carbon emissions because you have to have a carbon. Uh, accountants you know a consultant and it costs thousands of businesses even for micro enterprises but leveraging technology you can well what we've done is we integrate with your accounting software and the, every financial transaction is a paper trail of way your carbon emissions lie as a business And it does a lot of the heavy lifting and we combine it with carbon databases and some one of the world's most amazing carbon experts and we all bring provide something that is essentially free. You know, when I came back from COP26 now, I was just like, wow, the the urgency of climate is just beyond even my own comprehension. And we are just like, how about we change this tool, Ecology Zero, for carbon footprinting for SMEs, and we just make it free. And so we're now working with membership organizations to kind of give this to millions of businesses. So it's really exciting. um, And it helps balance the kind of the carbon credit narrative. But often businesses will start with the credit. And then they'll be like, oh, cool, out of curiosity, what is my carbon footprint? or vice versa then with the with the
0: net zero tool then that's obviously going to calculate your carbon footprint and if you wanted to offset it i'm sure ecology would be delighted to work with you on that but is it also giving businesses recommendations and help and different ways in which they could actively reduce the carbon footprint you know in by in setting if you like to use that technical term to to sort of you know say if you did this your carbon footprint would go down by this much or or is it just very much sort of analytical at this point in time.
1: Yeah, so it's it's that. It's, it's both, as as you say. You know, we've got to even talk about stuff that we, we can't measure. And, you know, we're data-oriented, but there's still a lot that's just still intangible, isn't you know, the progress that have been made. But, you know, we still massive opportunities to educate, to, you know, to sprinkle in, you know, opportunities. They were all lo- always looking for those opportunities, you know, very well about the opportunity of managing waste and, re- and recycling. You know, each of those is, a you know, part of our blog posts and, you know, knowledge base so that when we identify certain information about a business, for example, certain businesses that we know have that buy in materials, it could just be paper or it could be more kind of construction material, we can identify that and we can kind of surface more information about, you know, how are you looking after the kind of the waste side of things there? Or, you know, if we know a lot about their business in terms of, uh, you know, the amount of transport saying 10% of your carbon emissions are in, locked up in air travel, if you switch that out with train or, uh, or, or virtual, then your year-on-year target became 74% easier so you want to make that kind of that dynamic recommendation almost be this kind of internal environmental assistant for small businesses essentially.
0: Do you think we're going to do it I mean there's this debate now that you know we've, we've been with the last few cops trying to keep 1.5 alive which is actually a survival mechanism it's not actually it's accepting that we're going to have one and a half degrees of global warming do you think we can do that? There's some in the in the community saying that we should start to prepare for a warmer world and 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 give up on 1.5.
1: It's, it's like a little roundabout. I, I kind of go around on it in terms of, you know, I am pragmatic, optimist at heart, you know, very hopeful. And, you know, you've got to be reasonable, though, that 1.5 degrees, we're on track to to properly overshoot it. Lots of revolutionary moments are very unpredictable. And that's what gets me very excited, you know. I think wind and solar is a really good example there. You know, no one, no one, even the biggest advocate never expected um, that wind and solar would take off like it has. For example, you know, just yesterday, I saw the BBC reported that the majority of our electricity is coming from wind at the moment. No one really expected how quickly that could come around. And if you think about other revolutions, for example, society revolutions like um, you know the workers' revolution in in Russia with with Lenin, and he said in his own lifetime he would never see the change that he had hoped that he would be able to see, but we should try anyway. And then months within him giving that speech, it just kicked off an idea, and it sparked something, and then the world responded to well, you know, a society and an economy responded to this idea, and then change happened completely unpredictably. And so there is this massive opportunity. We are not excited yet because we haven't seen this kind of huge flips, but these flips will coming. But uh, will come. We don't need to know exactly when, and that's why every single action uh, counts. And so 1.5 degrees is, you know, on on life support. I think um, Antonio Gutierrez said it, it seems unreasonable, but we have to shoot for it. And then when we shoot over it, then 1.6 is what we will rally around. 1.7, because every fraction um, absolutely counts yeah
0: absolutely couldn't agree couldn't agree more on that and it's sort of again it's about this sort of idea that it's a linear process to get there and i think we're sort of we're working towards and actually getting businesses to commit towards a net zero status when they don't actually know what all of their tools are in their toolbox so it's pretty scary for everybody and on that looking to the future i mean other emerging offsetting markets, so you know, we've talked about wells and stoves and trees and, and lots of great things, direct air capture. I mean, is it is there a lot of new technology or markets emerging from, the, from carbon offsetting and where these investments and money's been put?
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. And it's just uh, overall amazing to see that this is the new biggest emerging con- economy, you know, something that's great for the planet. And it's bonkers that even, you know, I, when I started ecology in 2018, there weren't really many of us doing the sort of thing that we were doing at the time, but it's great to see that I'm in good company now and imagine what another few years has to offer. So it's really exciting. In terms of the climate solutions, it's very, there's a very old magpie kind of syndrome with new climate solutions and early stage stuff. But... You know, we shouldn't look past the kind of the ready to go opportunities and solutions that there are there, you know, reducing food waste, restoring uh, forest, you know, accelerating re- renewable energy and transition to clean transport and all sorts of things. There's such a, the capacity for those projects is phenomenal and they just need funding. And so, and the, and they and they shall. Nascent technologies like carbon capture, their early days have limitation. We're really excited about biochar, which is essentially you know, burning biomass, you know, that could be kind of like dead trees, you know, kind of limbs and off cuts, off cuts of certain natural waste, and then burning it in a way that doesn't release much carbon dioxide at all, but makes it very, very stable. It just it just leaves the carbon, uh, essentially charcoal really. And once you crush that up and you can kind of sprinkle it over agricultural fields, the carbon then is so inert that it will just sink uh, for hundreds of years deep into the into the soil and then and then further and below so it's a great way of of, of storing carbon um, but it also has this amazing ability to enrich and nourish um, farmland too and so you know we're seeing much bigger opportunity in areas and areas like that this is really cool to see
0: On this show, we're building a Hall of Fame for climate heroes, and we always ask our wonderful guests to leave something in First Mile's Climate Heroes Hall of Fame. So what
1: or who would it be? So Antonio Guterres is my climate hero. I've got I've got many, um, but he's the Secretary General of the United Nations, if anyone didn't know. And what I love about him is just the kind of the cold harsh truth in which he says it like it is. You know, it's so refreshing to hear, you know, someone in his position, very kind of corporate, um, say things like, we're on a highway to climate hell with our foot on this accelerator. Now that's just, you know, someone from a very kind of business background to be able to tell it like it is, is really, really important. We're underestimating the climate crisis by a long way. He's also said, we have a choice, collective action or collective suicide. It's in our hands. I love that. It's a, not necessarily nice to hear, but I think it's so refreshing to be hearing from someone from the top.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's telling us the way it is and we should all listen. What's coming up in the future that you can share with us? I mean, it sounds like there's a huge amount going on there. You're acquiring a load of customers. I love your direct approaches. We just want to fund carbon capture projects, climate projects. So what are we seeing more of that or are we going to be seeing a sort of a, a, a load of new, exciting projects coming out of ecology?
1: Absolutely. So... At Ecology, we've we spread ourselves in lots of different places. And so I think we've kind of done, we've got our Uh, you know enough irons in the fire in different areas but we can't just help ourselves and you know any novel interesting project that needs funding just like the sorts of biodiverse projects that we just talked about we're looking forward to putting on our impact shop so businesses can get behind them more reasons to do it Ecology Zero it's just come out of Beta which is this kind of carbon footprinting for SMEs it's totally free and we're just looking for more and more businesses to be using that but we're working with partners and we're hoping to bring that to millions of businesses and what's exciting about this is that we have the opportunity of connecting businesses through their supply chain, which we're extremely excited about the opportunity that can that can come from that. And so that's where that's what we're looking at um, you know, Behind the scenes, though, we're still looking at the kind of number of trees that gets planted every day. It's like 100,000 trees every day at the moment. And it's just staggering to think, you know, I just came back from visiting a project and um, understanding that impact is is mind blowing, you know, from the ground. Um, so, yeah, as long as we can keep finding reasons for businesses to you know, keep on upping the ante, that's what we're going to be guided by.
0: And what does success look like? I mean, it's hugely ambitious business and, and sounds like more to come. And what what does success, success look like for ecology?
1: When we first started, we had a little kind of giggle that, you know, I hope that we could get a million trees planted. And now, you know, at 63 million trees and we do three-ish a, a month now. And I'm looking forward to the 100 million and a billion. It's you know, there's a, there's a real, there's a real scale. What I hope is just to be able to bring a certain percentage of businesses on the climate journey. If we can have, let's say a million businesses all measuring their emissions and having science-based targets for their net zero journey, then that is, that's real, you know, that's that's some serious progress and we'd love to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I love it. So are you going to pick a number that we can come back to when we do a updated (laughs) version?
1: yeah uh a billion oh, a month That's yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah well our, our tree planting partner is, is looking to do a billion trees a day and um you know we hope to be part of that is is the, the numbers are staggering but you know the there's a lot of reasons to be funding climate solutions at the moment so we shall see
0: There is absolutely. Elliot, before we go, absolutely um, amazing to hear your story. Anything that you want to promote or plug or let our listeners know about and definitely tell us where to find you and your website because it's not the normal spelling of ecology. So over to you.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, it's ecology with an I on the end instead of a Y. Thank you for pointing that out. Look, this whole thing has been a, not a fantastic opportunity to tell a little bit about ecology. So I've waste no more time, but come check us out. We'd love to love to see how we could help your business in in any shape or form.
0: And the website's amazing. There's loads of great information on there. So it's ecology, is it .com? That's it, yeah, that's yeah, it. Ecology.com, so it's all there. Elliot, been absolutely fantastic having you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on First Mile's Climate Heroes.
1: Bruce, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for pepping me with questions.
0: I'm Bruce Bratley, and you've been listening to First Miles Climate Heroes, where we meet incredible people making an impact to tackle climate change. If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We have brand new episodes every Wednesday.